first off, if you hate negotiation, you're probably going to limit, you're going to be scarce because everything's negotiating. If you're really that rigid, if it's something you really hate, that you despise that tension, then you're really hurting yourself. You're, you're, you're just going to feel a lot of stress that, that's unnecessary. So here's the thing. Life's not fair. It's what you negotiate. So the question is, what negotiating style are you? Hello, my friends. My name is Chad, and this is the Naked Leadership Podcast, high-stakes conversations for relentless company founders. My co-hosts and I have over six decades of combined experience in leadership coaching, and this podcast is where we explore it all. There's no conversation too risky. This week, Adrian, Dan, and I sit down and introduce the negotiation style quiz and to talk about the first five negotiating styles. We've released a quiz where you can go online and you can answer 15 simple questions and find out what your negotiating style is. It's really simple. Go to negotiation.takenewground.com and you can take the quiz for yourself. This week, we talk about the ambassador. We talk about why it's crucial for you to understand the style of negotiator that you are so that you can get what you want for your team, your business, and life in general. So let's dive into the ambassador. Gentlemen, welcome. So good to be with you. Adrian, how are you? Um, great, man. So good to be here. Yeah, Dan, how are you doing? I'm well. Excited. I enjoy enjoying being back. We're, we're glad to have you back. So this this episode, we're starting this series, the negotiation series, and all of this is built around a really cool tool that we've launched called the Negotiation Quiz or the Negotiation Style Quiz. Uh, it's linked in this in this episode uh, description. You could go check that out if you want to. You can link there, or you can type into the URL bar negotiation.takenewground.com, and you can find the quiz there as well. So why? this is where I wanted to start is why a quiz, why find out because ultimately, so what's going to happen is when you go to take this quiz, you're going to answer 15 questions about how you relate to negotiating. And out of those 15 questions, you'll get a result that tells you what style of negotiator you are, along with some very helpful bullet points that go along with that description, like that describe the type. And then what I think is probably one of the most valuable parts of it is both your strengths and possible blind spots because of your style of nego ne negotiation, how you relate to it. But why do we care? Who cares? Why, why would I want to know what style of negotiator I am? And especially if I'm listening to this and I'm going to throw it to you guys, especially if I'm listening to this and I'm not in sales or I'm not negotiating a deal, or you know any of that sort of stuff. And Dan, one thing you you say that I love is life's not fair, it's what you negotiate. And to me, it's like, that brings it, that tells me everything's a negotiation. In, in, anything that's designed to, if you're looking to influence or persuade anyone about anything in the it's a negotiation because you're looking to persuade them. Or that's what negotiating is. It's it's influencing and sway and persuading people toward a goal, toward and finding out who's in and who's not. All that. It's 
That's why I call it the heart of leadership. Is it's an intentional stand to produce a particular opening and you know access certain resources, that kind of thing. Yeah, and we we actually have an episode. I don't know. It's probably six or seven episodes ago where we talk about negotiation and how we, in our perception of negotiation, what it is, what it is, and all of that kind of stuff. So we're not going to go super deep into that. Why do I want to know? Why do I care what my negotiation style is? Why would I want to know? Because where I'm coming from has a future, has like, you know, how I'm seeing myself, how I'm seeing other people, how I'm seeing circumstances. Those are the roots of reality. And if I'm unexamined in that, was it? Was it Plato? Something about underexamined life, something like that? Yeah, but if I'm, is, uh, if I'm, what's the quote, Dan? The unexamined life is unlived. Something like that. Something like that. So why would I want to know? Because what I, my default setting already has the generated results in my life. And if I'm under uh, satisfied with results, then I better get connected to how I'm viewing things and what I'm doing. And, and I, because there's nothing new until there's a now, you know, it's like if I can't get connected to what's happening right now and how I am a happening, let's not get too philosophical here, but as I am a happening, like, as I like how I think about things, what are my proclivities, what emotions naturally come up for me, what I make up about other people, what I assume they think about me, all that has a future to it. And so whatever limitations, whatever decreased results I'm getting is connected to me and how I'm viewing and what I'm acting and how I'm feeling and all that. So if I want something new, I better get connected to what I have language for how I'm doing it right now. So I can't generate something new, learn something new, be somebody new, all that until I get the person I am right now. That's why I want to know. Love, yeah. I like that. There's no, there's no new without now. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. It's really great. I was catching up with an old friend on a call uh, this morning. Uh, just been through, he has been through the ringer on a lot of areas of life. Him and I have been connected for a long time. And he listens to the podcast uh, regularly. He's a leader in a in a church out in, uh, out in Denver called Flatirons. If anybody's familiar, it's a huge, huge church organization network. And he kind of runs the media I'm not exactly sure what his title is over there, but he runs the media, all that sort of stuff. And we were having a conversation this morning and he said, he said, I love listening to the podcast, but so often when Dan and Adrian speak, I have to go back and listen to it again. And then it uh -huh. takes me a day to think about the sentence just to see where I'm at in it, like how I relate to it. I'm like, that's awesome. That's perfect. I love hearing that. So that's there's one. That's, that makes me feel good. That's how I feel when I listen to Jordan Peterson or somebody like that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So anyway, I just want, I'm, I'm thinking a lot of people can relate to that. I wanted to put that. I love that one in though. There's no new without now. Um, yeah. Obviously, we, if the, the, the analogy that we use often that I, that I think is applicable here is like, if I want to get to New York City and I think I'm in Phoenix, but I'm actually in Tulsa, I'm going to have a very different experience. Yeah. It's, it's going to be difficult to find my way to New York City without understanding exactly where I am. 
you know, you end up right. somewhere else and then wonder how you got there. Which, yeah. Which happens a lot for people in negotiation, but attitude's particularly important because it determines the horizon one sees in the horizon of possibility. So if I have a defeating style, if my job is, if I think I'm there to beat you and defeat you, it's very possible I'm going to lose, I'm going to leave a lot on the table because I'm going to accept where I can defeat you versus how, what if I collect, what if I worked with you in a way uh, that we could find more for each other? You know, the age old story of the two kids fighting over the orange. Yeah. Right. And, you know, a defeating style would want, well, I'm going to get as much of that orange as I can, and I'm going to withhold a lot of information that probably could be shared, that if it were shared, I could get more. Like, I know I want to make a nice chew, so I want all the meat I can get, and I'm not going to give, I don't want him to get any more than what I got, so I'm probably going to end up, if I can't defeat him, compromising. And then, you know, but if I would have stopped and really been, my attitude was more about how can I understand your interests and how those interests can be served while serving mine. Yeah. Like, because the the interests that comprise a, a negotiation make a pie, right? And like with that orange, those two kids fighting over it, if they would understand why each one of them wanted the orange. One wants the rind for the pie, the other wants the meat for the juice. Now they can give each other twice as much as they would have got if they tried to defeat and end up compromising and just splitting the orange in half. Uh, and and it's a very sim maybe oversimplified obviously but it 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 actually describes very well the tension the natural organic tension of any negotiation right uh, and so the one who can live in that tension the one who can embrace that tension the most usually finds the greatest possibility whereas if, if all of a sudden my attitude is I want to get out of the tension. I'm probably going to give more away so I can relieve the tension rather than understand how we can both, how I can have more while you're getting what you want. So I think I also want to just- That starts cognitively is what I'm saying, right? Yeah, yeah. And the studies show, if you if you go to the Harvard Negotiation Project or MIT or uh, Tufts School of Business, they do studies. There's a bunch of studies on attitude and its and its impact. And they found that through all the studies, 87% of the blockers in any communication or any negotiation to creating agreement is cognitive. Yeah. 80, 87% of the time. So attitude. That's why we start with attitude, because if I can get a hold of my attitude, I can start to investigate whether it's, you know, because I'm naturally biased. Are those biases really? keeping me from seeing possibility it is right there yeah i one thing i that that points out something that i wanted to make sure we we put a pin in or or made aware of it's like these we're talking about attitudes here we're talking about the way we relate to it we're not talking about your personality or it's not an assessment on you it's an assessment on how you're relating to negotiation the cool Mm -hmm. thing is i mean that could be bad news or that could be good news to you I see it as good news. The good news is, is I can relate to a different way. I chose maybe consciously or unconsciously the way that I relate to negotiation up until now. And that's right in front of me, thanks to the quiz. 
it was so eye-opening for me to take this quiz. So like it's right in front of me and I chose that. Now, the cool thing, good news, is I can choose something different if I want a different result. And that's that's what I think is really powerful in knowing where you are and knowing where you want to be. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you can challenge the you challenge the attitude. You can you can that's say, right. Is this really going on? Yeah. Not is what else could be going on? I'm not seeing. Yeah. Yeah. So this episode, we're going to dive into the ambassador, um, the ambas- amb- ambassador type. Both of you fall into the ambassador. Uh, I do not. We'll get to me later. Uh, I'm getting there. I'm getting there, guys. Will you wait for me? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Great. We're flexible. <laughs> <laughs> no problem, man. You'll get here when you're ready. <laughs> so one of the traits of of the ambassador is that they're strong and flexible. And that's I think that's interesting to me. They seem like they're contradictory. Yep. How how is someone both strong and flexible uh in particular as it relates to a negotiation process? Well, I, I think this goes to something Peterson talks about, which is you want to be dangerous and under control. So, you know, you want to be able to know exactly what you want. You know what your interests are, and that there's a you're 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 vying for those interests, but not at the expense of the possibility. So, I want to be strong about what I'm committed to having in this. What comes out of this negotiation? I'll be strong about having that happen. How that happens, I want to be flexible about. So I'm strong about my interest. I'm strong about the fact that, you know, an interest might be, I really want more, I want to be, uh, I want to work, I want to have more flexibility in my work. And uh, I want to be able to, like, I think flexibility in work looks like being able to spend more time with my kids and family and still be able to work. And the I might be working at the office, and 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 the, there's a policy that says you have to come in, right? So, what are what are some like I, when I sit down, I want to be strong about I need more flexibility. I want to be able to work. I want to be able to meet the needs of being with my children more and my my wife more often, you know. And how can I have that happen? A a position is they I'm needed in the office. So I would want to understand why that, what's the interest behind that? Like, what's the intangible that my employer is trying to satisfy? And is there other ways of satisfying it other than having me in every day from eight in the morning till six or five at night? And is there, are there other ways to meet the interest that's behind that? And that opens up flexibility. For me, like, like, and maybe there's another way for me to being flexible for me would be maybe there's other ways to meet the interests of working with my children that I'm thinking of and the positions I've already come up with in my mind. And so if I'm flexible, if I'm strong about what I know, I know about what my connecting with my children and my wife and satisfying something there and also, you know, wanting to meet the interests of the people I work with and for, 
I'm going to be more flexible, but I could still be very clear about what my intangible interest is, and I could look at multiple different ways to meet that. That's flexibility and being strong, clear, strong about the interest. So, yeah. but to, to so to to play devil's advocate or to test the thinking a little bit is like, if I'm going to be flexible. I'm going to have to compromise. I'm going to have to give up some shit. I'm that's that's what I think. And I'm like it, to be strong would be like to hold well, my what, position. What, what, yes, so what would you be giving up? Oh, I might have to like I I might have to give up the idea that I stay at home. That's right. right. I might, yeah. I might I mean flexible is, but I could be strong about what I think staying home will bring me. Uh. Cuz staying home has an interest, it's it's a position to meet a certain intangible interest. In my mind, it's to be with my children more. There might be other ways to meet that. Uh, I might, you know, uh, the guy I work for might say, okay, good, why don't you spend, why don't you do the first two days of the week, 12 hours a day, and take the last two days off, or last day, uh, take Fridays off. Uh-huh. Like, that's another way to meet the same interest. Uh-huh. Without, and so now I'm meeting his interest, and I'm also getting my interest, right? So I'm flexible in how it's met. I'm open to other ways to meet it, but I, I'm strong about what I want it for. Yeah, my non-negotiable is more time with my kids. Yeah, like connecting with them. Like like maybe I want to, on Friday, my kids got soccer games, and I want to coach the team, and I need Thursday evening and Friday to, you know, to do that or Friday evening and Saturday. Mm. So I got Saturdays off. And so how do I set it up so I can meet that, meet that need, that desire, that interest? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think about, I think inherently the idea of strong and flexible. Well, if we just go strong, there's some rigidity, right? Yeah. Like it's, it's a fortress. Like here's my idea and let me protect it with a wall. Instead of, you know, if you're strong and flexible, here's my idea. And there's a lot of, um, I don't need, because it's so true for me, I don't need to protect it that much. It's just true. Like it's not going anywhere. It's not like if someone gets too close or challenges it, it's not like a threat. It's like, oh, here's a visitor to my interest. Come on in. Here's a door. You don't have to go over, you don't have to scale this wall. Come on in, come check it out. Here's my conversation about it. I've thought about it. Here's what, you know, so it's like, it's, it's that type of, oh, how do I say it? Um, it's the word that comes to mind is poise. That's the word that comes to mind. Cause it's like a. There's some examples of what you would think about. Like, like how might you think about it? Well, if I know what my interest is and I know that it's not a fleeting thought, I know it's really true for me. You know, it's not like a uh, a temporary thing. It's like really core for me. Um, then I, an example of how I might enter into a conversation is I don't have to speak first. Like I know I'm going to speak what's true for me so I can actually enter into the conversation over there and get them really curious. And I can then share my interest in either in alignment already with what they want or I can share my interest in it, that might be a contradiction to what they want or distinct from what they want. You know, so I might, I don't need to go in and grandstand out of fear. 
I'm actually clear about what I'm up to. And so I can come into the environment really open, really loose. I know this is what messes my wife up quite a bit because I can stay really loose even when she's not loose. <laughs> and <laughs> and that's annoying. <laughs> it's annoying. Yeah, I'm like super flexible. Like I, yeah. you know, it, it happened last night around like in the kitchen late at night around my daughter. And she's sure that my commitment to my daughter is weakness. And, or like that I'm avoiding. And no, not so. Like I agree with all of your judgments of her. I have those at times, but that's not the most important conversation for me. Actually, the most important conversation for me is my commitment to her, my commitment well, to her future. No big deal. So when she's squirrely at dinner, not like the end of the world to me. I know where I'm headed. I know what I'm committed to her. And, you know, I can, it is baffling to her where I can hold both with such a, to use our language here, very hyper, like very flexible. Life is not fair. It's what you negotiate. Let me say that one more time. Life is not fair. It's what you negotiate. Now that's an interesting thought. If that's true, it means that everything you have in life right now, the possessions, the relationships, the fitness, the mindset, are all a product of your negotiations with others and yourself. And if that's true, wouldn't you want to be very clear on how you negotiate? What's effective and what's ineffective? What your strengths are and what your blind spots are? It is, after all, producing all the results in your life. So here's the deal. We put together a 15-question quiz that you can take in five minutes or less and find out exactly what your negotiation style is. The results of this quiz will give you insight into your strengths and blind spots in negotiation. It will also give you insight in how you can accentuate those strengths or compensate for the blind spots. Think for just one second with me all of the conversations you're having in your life. Think about compensation or advancement conversations with people on your team, discussing financial decisions with a partner, or just getting your kids to get their damn shoes on so that you can leave the house. All of these conversations are negotiations. This simple yet powerful tool has the potential to reinvent the way you get what you want in every aspect of life. Go to negotiation.takenewground.com right now or click the link in the description of this episode and find out what negotiation style you embody. You can thank us later. Now back to the show. There's the thing that tends to happen is people conflate position with interest. Like, like the position of how she should be at the table is very distinct from the interest of her future, right? And And... There are a number of different ways to work with her to be at the table or not, or, you know, that align with that future. And, and so it's easy to say, well, this is how you should do it. And if you don't do it, then then you're not really taking care of her. You know, you're not really caring uh -huh. for her. You know, you're uh -huh. just getting, you're getting snowed. Well, uh -huh. maybe, maybe so, but the, the how she should be at the table is a position. How you are with her and what you want to derive out of the relationship is the interest, right? Uh -huh. Is what I'm hearing. Yeah. And that gets conflated for people very easily. That's like, like an, uh, an, a, an ambassador can, that's the first thing if you're going to work in a negotiation is when usually when a negotiation gets stuck, it's because 
people have mistaken their positions for their interests. Yes, sir. And uh, I just got out of one like that recently with a, a couple that were getting divorced. And it was interesting because they were arguing over child support. And I asked, what's the... The husband was concerned because he, he didn't... He, he was concerned about how much he could pay. And the wife wanted a lot more than he was willing to pay. So he just... I said, just ask her why she wants it. And when she said, I want to have enough cash to pay for summer sports and everything, because that's... that She's... she He's... They, you know, they split them, but she's running the whole... You know, they're basically going to school at her place and he's yeah. taking... Going to all that whole deal. And... And uh, and I said, well, is it possible that you could make an agreement that when those things come up, budget them and you pay for them, but you don't that you don't have to have the payment be so much a month. You could have it be this much and add these in and then list. And she loved that. She loved that. So there's a different position meeting the interest on both sides. Uh-huh. And and so and then he got. In advance, she gave him a list of the sports and activities that she wanted that year to put the kids in, and then he could save and do that and make sure that he met that, and she, they were both happy about it. But but it, it got contentious because they started arguing about the positions. Uh-huh. Yeah. Just asking, why you why do you want that? Opened up a whole new, you know, the orange. Yeah. Kind of deal. Yeah. But well, other language here, too, is people are listing interests and positions. I mean, typically, um, the positions are like the how or the method, and that's where people get stuck. They get stuck in the how, how we're going to get it done, or the method of delivery, that's awesome. to use Dan's analogy, instead of what are we generating a method for and how many methods are there, or there's usually a numerous amount of methods. Yeah. You know, but people don't, out of fear usually, lack of trust um, in themselves or others, they'll come in doubling down on a specific method and not leave that method instead of really being open and flexible. It's like, well, okay, here's what I want and need. Um, here's what I want. And let's talk about it. And once it sounds like in your, in your sake, as soon as she saw that he wanted to fulfill the interest, they were then flexible around all like a new methodology on delivering. Yeah. Uh-huh. attitude shifted immediately. It was yep. good. Goodwill showed up. Yeah. That's right. What, I, what I'm hearing is, for me, I I definitely can conflate the two for sure, uh-huh. Uh-huh. especially because I want to ease the tension of what's of the negotiation, you know, and and but also I'm noticing even in this conversation, I will come into a negotiation knowing what I want and thinking I know how I'm going to get it. Uh-huh. And I think that's the, where I get tripped up is that I. I know what I want. I know my position. I don't know how I'm going to get it. Uh-huh. And I won't until I can connect with the other party and find out what their position is and why. And then and then it, it can open up a world if I'm willing to investigate, if I'm willing to even ask the question, Dan, as you talk about this story about the couple, like, am I even willing to ask the question, why do you, could you help me understand why you want that. Yeah, exactly. It's a way to keep a 
civilized, respectful relationship. Uh, you know, one of the things that you know we work with in the negotiation lab is really the tension of dividing the pie. You you want to reduce the time of dividing the pie as little as possible, and you want to spend as much time as you can understanding the size of the pie, like expanding the pie by understanding best you can the interests and knowing that sharing information builds trust. It'd be a wise thing to understand what you can share, what you need to be cautious about sharing, and what you absolutely don't want to share. Because, you know, there are numerous problems that could arise. But as the ambassador, the ambassador is generally pretty aware of and has taken the time to understand how to create trust by sharing information and by by getting her to share information about why she wanted the money, what it represented, yeah, it was able to. It made it a lot help. It made it helpful, and she was willing to share it because he was sharing information that she was surprised he would share. But he had identified beforehand that this information, though it, it's a little cautious, he knew how to share it in a way that would breed trust in the into the relationship. So. It was a very. I was surprised it went so well, but we. I, they both had homework to do to prepare, and that makes a big difference. And that's that's the other thing the ambassador's big on is preparing. Yeah. So there's another point. There's another uh, attribute to the ambassador that I wanted to talk about in this conversation. Is uh, so here's here's how it's stated. Um. Your resourceful attitude. Your time and place orientation is right now, right here. Get that. Although you respect others and acknowledge that they have just as much right to want what they want as you do, get that, you realize that they will take care of themselves. Yes. That is an, that's an interesting, how, is that caring for people? Is that generous? Like to know, like to know, to me that can sound cold. It can sound um, disinterested, not you know, not really caring whether or not they get what they want. Yeah, well, that's a great that's a great question because the those who lack boundaries have a tendency to overcompensate and try to manage other people's lives. <laughs> like say, and that's a good way to get yourself in the hot water and feel resentful when they. When you've neglected your own interest at the expense of trying to make sure somebody else got theirs, and that happens often, it's it's if you respect somebody, you respect the fact that they're clear about what they want and that you take them at their word. That's right. I want to know what they want. I really want to have an intimate understanding of their desire, because that's going to be the context in which I'm going to be able to open up and get what I need out of the situation. And it, it, the minute that either one of us doesn't see that we're better off together than apart, well, there's no negotiation. So I bet when I say that or when that comes up in the assessment, it isn't said like disrespectfully. It's meant, look, tend to your backyard. My uh, job is to clean up your backyard. My job is to understand what you want to get done in this negotiation, in, in our transaction, in, in our being together. And then... I can see as I have something I want, and if I can see how to give you what you want, 
what you were really talking about. You decide how much of that you want. Like the whole idea of win-win is a very interesting dynamic because win-win, if you decide you got to win, who am I to, if, if I see you could have more, who am I to say hey, you, you could get more when you're happy? You're excited. You're elated. <laughs> you don't get to decide what my win is. Yeah. Yeah, it's like I'll never forget. Uh, I tell the story in the, in, the, in the negotiation lab, but I watched my brother sell cars, these vans, for many, many years. Uh, and they're, they're customized vans. And he was very good at working with very tough negotiators. And there are certain cultures that are really tough negotiators. They're tough transactionally. And he was very good. He never, he always, he got the highest gross on every van and his customers were the happiest. So they were paying the most and they were the happiest. Now, is that a win-win? Yes. Yeah. And, and how he did it was really interesting. He would, because you could adjust the price on the van because it's a customized van, he would pump the price up $2,000. And when he sat down with them, he would make an addition or some, you know, mathematical error in their favor of $2,000. If they showed it to him, he worked with them to get a better deal at whatever level that went and went below. If they didn't show it to them, if they took advantage of it, he ended up getting the deal at the top price and they felt like they got a good deal because they wanted to close it as fast as they could before they he saw they, that he made a mistake. So he let them decide how they went. They said it's a mistake, he's willing to work a little further. And yeah. okay, good, let's get it down to where you want it or let's work and see what we can do. And if they if they just took off on it, well then he popped them full full go. Now is that win win? They sure think it was. Don't know. Either side, right? Yeah. He was anticipating. They he knows that they're generally going to come in and try to grind them down, so he'll make a mistake and that put they want to close quickly unless they're honest. Yeah. You know, and, and so, you know, I always thought I I kind of got moralistic about it and he said wait what are you talking about they're happy call them up ask them how happy they are they're coming back to buy a car from me next time so i i found that to be really interesting because he was right he had the best customer ratings people kept coming back he was multiple years six high six figures and people loved working with him and if you were honest you really liked working with him <laughs> yeah and if you thought he was stupid well <laughs> no problem <laughs> So in this, um, as we wrap this up, the ambassador, uh, the strength in it is the ability to adapt and eject flexibility when situations get stuck. Um, so if you're identifying with some of these principles, you take the quiz and you fall into this ambassador category, that's a strength. We've talked a lot about the flexibility that exists. One of the blind spots that's uh, that is there is your proficient your proficiency in negotiation could cause you to relax and miss openings. Um, uh. Could be right this 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 ability to really get into a groove, or or you could start to assume how this thing's going to go uh, and how proficient you are in it, and you could miss the opportunities to connect with people. Yeah, um, no, no, no one negotiation is the same. 
And if you get good at something, sometimes you forget that every time you're a beginner. Yeah. You know, and so you know, you're a beginner in the sense that you never did you never did this particular trend negotiation, this particular whatever yep. it is, whether it's working with your kid about doing their homework or it's buying a car or it's settling a you know, a transaction or conflict or something like that. That you know, you talk about negotiation, they're everywhere. Both. You do them all day long. So as two ambassadors, any final thoughts? Well, my <clears throat> it's fun to take the quiz. So if you guys haven't taken the quiz, go take the quiz and see where you line out. It's fun to take the quiz. I know that um, everybody listening to this is really smart. It's good. Um, it was good for me to see that I'm in that category. A lot of, I think, my skill in negotiation is in- invisible to me. And right. the what's... Uh, what's helpful about taking the quiz and getting some more description of the type of thinking that's there is that now I can think about it more thoroughly and more clearly and really own it um, because kind of unowned talent is wasted talent. You got to yeah. own it. You got fi- to be able to describe it, be able to think about what got you here and why you think the way you think. And so any of this unexamined um, uh, yeah. you know, talent is probably wasted on your team. Because you can't teach it, what you can't teach what you don't understand. So it's really good to take the quiz so you can like scale this type of thinking in your organization. Yeah, because from from there we can work. You know, once you get in touch with your attitude, it becomes easier to find new resource. Like if you know where your blind spots are, then you'll be able to look into them while you're doing it. And Love so, that. and then that's really where. The lever is so if you can get that attitude on it, you can catch it, and right. and have your team take it as well. Yeah, I, think, I mean, like knowing their styles as they exist right now is really powerful, especially if you hate negotiation, because that you know, first off, if you hate negotiation, you're probably going to limit. You're going to be scarce, because everything's negotiating. Your your you know, persuasion. You're trying to get people to work with you in a certain way. You're trying. You're working with people to fulfill their work with your clients in a certain way. You're you know you want your children. You want to persuade your spouse and your children in a certain way, or you know your friends, etc. And if you're really that rigid, if it's something you really hate, that you despise that tension, but then you're really hurting yourself. You're you're made, You're just going to feel. A lot of stress that that's unnecessary. So yeah. if you get a hold of it, you could, you're going to find new resource without going anywhere. There's things that used to be tend more tension are going to look like oh this is worth looking at, this is worth getting into. Love. Yeah, we'll talk about the compromiser in a few weeks. Yeah. We'll get but to me and we'll get to me in two weeks. Are you <laughs> you're the compromiser? No, no, I, I'm I'm the I was the I'm in the competitor. Competitor, yeah. Yep. Um, so, but yeah, so next week we're going to talk about the collaborator, a similar conversation around the details of some of the ins and outs and, and nuances that exist in that attitude. Um, and uh, anyway, really excited about this series. Super excited for the quiz and the tools and the resources this is going to be for other people. 
Again, it's negotiation.takenewground.com or just click on the link in the description of this episode. Uh, and let us know where you land, what you think, what you discovered. Um, that is going to be the that's going to be the fun. Would love to hear your comments, especially if they're like you don't get it or you think we're crazy and full of shit. We uh-huh. hear it. Because we can address, like, ask a question, make a statement, let us know what you're thinking. We'll come back on and address it when we come back up. I really appreciate that. That's that's, yeah, that's iron sharp and iron. Let's do it. Yep. Yeah, me too. Thanks, gentlemen. Thank yeah, you, man. Great to be here. Well, my friends, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Naked Leadership Podcast. As a heads up, every Friday we post a Cliff Notes version of that week's conversation with all the highlights in under five minutes. Check that out for a quick and powerful reminder of the principles discussed. I hope this conversation has been valuable to you. If it has, the greatest compliment you could pay us is sharing it with somebody who could use it. Thanks so much for listening and until next week, bye-bye everybody. Bye-bye everybody.